you hear that? Thanks for watching. And of course, subscribe. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Haunting Live Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for taking your time out of your special holiday weekend this episode and tuning in for us here tonight at Haunting Live. We greatly appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week here, and uh, especially this week. So thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, tonight we do have a special guest waiting, so we'll bring her on in just a moment. Uh, but tonight we have reached episode number 29 already. I can't believe we've already reached almost 30 episodes here at Haunting Live Podcast. Uh, we've had some great times. We had some great and amazing guests on in the past. And especially tonight, we have a wonderful guest lined up for you tonight. Her name is Mary Ann Kennedy. And she is a internationally acclaimed medium as well as a host of a local TV show. And we're going to talk about what she does and all that tonight with her. But I uh, just wanted to thank you guys so much for taking time out in your busy long weekend here in Canada. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And uh, thanks very much for taking your time to come into Haunting Live tonight. Uh, we appreciate all you guys coming in each and every week here and supporting us like you do. So uh, with that, we won't keep it too much longer and bring in our special guest. Uh, her name is Mary Ann Kennedy. Uh, she is a um, medium and a author and she does other stuff as well like a host of her own show called Ghosts of Dufferin County and Beyond here locally so we're going to talk to her and just bring her on in just a second here so let's just switch right over to her and uh, see what she's doing here one second hi Marianne how are you good how are you doing great thank you so much for joining us here on Haunting Life podcast tonight you're most welcome excited to be here yeah, so um, basically you're a pretty well-known medium here in the area, so uh, we thank you for coming on and being a guest here on Haunting Life. Uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your background, what you do as a medium. So let's start with that. Uh, how did you first get into the mediumship and uh, what drew you into that? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it's a question I get asked a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I came to mediumship uh, sort of later in life, I came to mediumship in adulthood. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I talk about this a lot in my book, but when I was a kid, um, you know, I had a spiritual practice related to some earth-based religion practices, meditation, energy type stuff, communicating with nature. Um, but I didn't have any uh, mediumistic experiences, nothing, nothing major anyway. Uh, but I actually came to mediumship, not through childhood, not through like being born through a lineage of mediums. Um, I chose to learn mediumship after I lost my dad. And so it was like a very conscious choice for me to learn to communicate with spirit. Um, you know, the outset of that for me happened to be, I mean, mediumship's never easy, but um, it, it, it came fairly naturally to me, probably because I had already had, you know, many, many years and experiences of meditation and being silent and all of that stuff. So that, that sort of really helped in my development. My development happened fairly quickly. Um, so, but I, I mean, I took that time, you know, which is important for all mediums. Good mediumship is a slow development process. And so, you know, sitting in development circles, you know, did all that, that type of thing. Uh, but that's really what brought me to, it was actually out of my own personal loss, um, without having any, you know, early childhood experiences with spirit. I mean, other than, you know, some of those 
ones that a lot of people tend to have, like, you know, seeing a grandparent sit at the end of your bed, et cetera, but not real communication with, you know, non-form beings, N nothing major anyway. But that, yeah, that's it. That's what brought me to it. Okay, let's go back to that point then a little bit. Um, was there any experiences that you did experience as a child growing up that kind of was like your wow moment? Like, okay, um, I might be a little bit different than somebody else. I'm seeing strange things or hearing strange things. Was there one that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure there was. Um, but, but it really was after, um, you know, when I was about 11 years old, I started studying um, Wicca, paganism, um, earth-based stuff. And so, and I did that formally with a mentor and a teacher. And um, it wasn't until after that, that I started to have some experiences. But one in particular, I remember, I must've been, I must've been 11, maybe I was 12. And I remember being at a friend's house. Um, and at the time, um, her mom had seen a psychic. I remember that. And that, and then the mom had said that the psychic had told her that there was um, some spirit activity in her house. And that's all that I knew about it. And that really intrigued me because at the time I was learning about, you know, paranormal, spirituality, all kinds of things, you know, and at like 11, 12 years old, your mind just soaks all of this stuff up. And so um, what we had decided to do after the mom shared that with us was I wanted to actually find something in the house. And in fact, we did. It was my first experience with seeing like an apparition and an apparition that more than a single person could see. So two of us could see it at the same time. And it was a, a small boy. And it was, it was, it was very freaky at the time because he was really sort of squished and crouched um, on a shelf in a closet. So in between the shelf and the ceiling and just staring at us. And he was actually quite frightened of us, the fact that we noticed him. But um, so that's one that really stuck out. But, and you know what, like a lot of young people, you know, a lot of the adults I work with now, whether it's for, you know, teaching them psychic investigating, teaching them mediumship, teaching them psychic practice, um, much like a lot of them, there were experiences they had when they were younger that caused them to shut down. Um, and it's usually out of fear and it's, a, it's the unknown and no one could help you along to figure out what was going on. And so your natural you know, response is gonna be, I'm afraid of that. And then our natural response to fear is to withdraw. And so that very experience when I was 11 or 12 totally freaked me out at the time. And I thought, oh, I'm not going ghost hunting anymore. <laughs> it's funny how things change as time goes on, but I definitely had that experience that sort of shut me down and said, okay, I don't wanna go exploring that stuff anymore. Right. And that's one thing that I guess a lot of people do experience, right? When they do have their very first paranormal encounter, whether it's a spirit or just energy in period, um, it kind of is a frightening experience. Uh, so what would you recommend to somebody that just had their first experience as a, as a teacher of the paranormal and mediumship? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny. I, uh, I was just doing an episode of my show and I, I just, <laughs> and actually with Jackie Dennison, who you know, who's a wonderful, amazing human being. Um, and I had, uh, we just had this very discussion. So now you and I are having it too. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, one of the things that um, really frightens people, whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, is when you don't have all the details, you don't really know the lay of the land, what's going on, who this is, what it's all about, and what the sort of um, uh, what your options are and so and then and it's, there's also this misconception like that we can be hurt right and there's such power to the form body that you know I always say to people you know the you know spirit presence things can't you're not going to be hurt by this can you be impacted and bothered by it and can your own fear body cause a disturbance in your life for sure can you have an energy attachment that then impacts your personality and all of those yes you can but you know the spirit world can't kill you so it's just it's, it's, it's this really like fundamental thing that's important for folks to understand is that really there's not 
anything to be afraid of. Can you be impacted? You can. Can you power yourself out of that? You, you can. So the most important thing, I think, when um, we're frightened by something is, is, is that we're missing information. And so learning is really important. And whether the learning is you discovering it on your own, what's behind this, what's gone on, you know, what am I to do? What can I do with this? Either learning it on your own or connecting with someone. I mean, a lot of the clients that I see throughout the year, right? Um, you know, most of the people I sit with privately are, is in mediumship, but often spiritual guidance, but and in the spiritual guidance sessions, you know, a good number of those are folks saying, this is what happened to me. And I don't know what was going on. Can you help me understand? Cause I'm totally bothered by this. And then of course, I also, as part of the show, you know, visit people's homes and businesses and properties um, to help them understand what's going on. And then usually do some clearing or releasement work. Um, but um, I also do that in private practice. So a lot of the times I'll go to a home and, you know, or, or a business or, you know, some sort of public space um, where people are having experiences that are pretty scary to them and they feel pretty disempowered and uncomfortable in their own home. So, I, you know, I never just go to a place to learn what's going on, to investigate it and then clear it. Um, it's always part of sort of like my mission to empower the person that I'm there for. Um, which is going to be the person that you know lives in that space. So there's always an educational session with me, even if I'm coming out strictly to do work for you at your home. Right, too. And um, when you do go to some places, is it often that they're calling you in because they've had an experience already? Or is it that they're going through something they don't understand, so you help them sort of teach them to understand what it is exactly they're dealing with? So do you um, sort of guide them through that? Yeah, you, it, it, it can go either way. Um, usually both kind of things are happening. Um, you know, often I'll get called out to a, a, a place that someone's just purchased or just moved into and they just feel like, you know, I, I feel unsettled here. It doesn't feel like my space. I feel like there's always, you know, residual stuff or there might be some stuff going on spirit wise. I'm not sure. So there's usually some sort of disturbance that has gone on, whether it's an experience within the space itself or what's happening in someone's personal life. And they just feel like this cloud of heaviness around them. And in that case, you know, this, this is not anything spirit related, but it's energy related. And it requires clearing all the same, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Energy is energy. So it just depends on how that person is interacting with it. Um, they can realize that while well, they're not sure what that energy is, so they may think it's a negative energy, but maybe that spirit or energy is just reaching out for some help. So, um, what is yeah, where, where you come in? Yeah, and I'm really, I'm really, you know, care. I mean, language has power. Everything holds a vibration, and so you know, I, I typically, I won't characterize something as negative. You have something negative happening here. Everything holds consciousness. Um, everything is vibrationally alive and it'll just sit somewhere on a scale of something higher or something lower or somewhere in between or whatever that looks like. And so I think that we have to be careful, um, not only just as individuals experiencing things, but especially as, you know, for professionals to not characterize things as like positive or negative or evil and those types of things. I, I mean, those are, those are like human ascribed attributes. And I just, I don't even, I don't even believe in this language. So, you know, if someone has, and the other thing too, is that even if it's a spirit presence, if there's an entity presence, something happening there, this is also consciousness and it's a soul or a fragment of a soul. And it, you know, at its most basic level, it's made of the same stuff we're made of. And, you know, this is one of the discussions I, I, I have is that, um, you know, even the folks in the spirit world, non-transition spirits or grounded spirits or ghosts, you know, they are souls too. And so even though they might not feel, you know, benevolent, they, they might feel quite opposite to that. Um, you know, they have um, soul journeys too, you know, and they, they've just kind of like halted theirs. And often, you know, we need to go in and help them 
carry on that sort of process. But but sort of describing those things, you know, folks, I mean, the, usually the emails that come into the office say I have a negative presence in my house, right? That's the first thing that, that they say, or there's something evil happening here. And so, you know, we need to coach through that language too, because that language in itself makes you feel very victim to your circumstances. And, you know, about, you know, our, our, we have this, our very right to claim the power of our space as our own. And so it's important for us to stay in that energy, especially, and, and it's really difficult to do that without someone assisting you to do it. So it's part of the work that I do. Right. And day-to-day um, -day with your work as a medium and how you developed your mediumship, is that different from day-to-day -day how you use it now? Like, how did you develop it from the, from the start to where you are now from your day-to-day -day work? Is it different from when you started? Like, it, which is what different, my experience with it or how I do it? Um, or? How you interact with it or how you, um, like, manage your mediumship from day-to-day -day now. Has it grown? Like, how do you be, have you, you become stronger day-to-day -day with your work? And Yeah, I mean, I mean, spirit communication, like anything, gets better and better the longer you do it, right? But, however, there's a bit of a caveat there because um, it's like saying all practice is equal. And I actually don't believe that. You have to be doing good practice because you could be continuously doing poor practice right? Over and over and over. And even though you're spending a lot of time in it and doing it a lot, the quality of the work that you're doing isn't great. So you, you, you kind of have to be a little bit discerning about um, thinking that way. You know, any good, any practice in mediumship makes you better. That, that's not really true. The practice has to be good. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, when I was a student, just like anybody else, you know, it was very exciting. You want to tune into spirit everywhere. And then, you know, when you work, when you work professionally, you know, you never feel like, I never feel like I need to give somebody a reading, right? Like I don't need it. it and it's funny, like in, on a personal level, um, you know, like years ago when I first started working professionally, when you meet new people, all they want to do is talk about spirit with you. And they're like, can you do a reading for me? And it's like, not, it's, it's totally not like, I, I would much rather meet new friends than talk about like who spends that much time talking about what they do right like I'm not interested in doing it so it's really great to meet people and have new friends that you know they know what you do but it's not something that we need to talk about all the time because for me it's just ordinary life right and then of course when you work as I say go into professional work you at some point have to establish a very strong boundary right like spirits are everywhere I, go, I can go grocery shopping I can go eat eat lunch or eat dinner somewhere and for sure there's humans there there's going to be spirit people there but I have zero, like zero awareness of them because I choose not to. For me, it's like a light switch. And I teach students that as well, right? You do not have to always be on, right? The only, the only spirit energy that I'm always open to are my own team. So it's my own guides, my own loved ones, right? But your people, this person's people, I mean, I will tune into them when my switch is on, which says open, right? Like medium sign on. And then when I'm done for the day, closed. So that's sort of how I work. Yeah, just like the open and close sign at your shop. You turn it on when you're ready, then close it off when you're done. So uh, what has been one kind of outstanding moment that you kind of had in your past when you've just been generally, say, like just like you just said, uh, say out for dinner or out shopping or something and spirit has interrupted you? What's kind of one moment that you remember? Um, it's a good question, actually. I, I know there are, there are two. Okay, I'll, I'll pick one of those. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm just trying to think of this. Yeah. Um, I was at a park actually with, I've got two kids. So, um, I had my kids at the park with a neighborhood friend and, and their kids. And this was, a, this was a number of years ago now, maybe probably my son was just born. So maybe six years ago, something like that. Um, and, uh, the kids were playing 
And so we were sitting at the bench, just chit-chatting, nothing in particular. And I got a very um, like strong, uh, almost like something moved through me. So all my left side of my body just all lit up with um, goosebumps. And um, I, I, I mean, like any good professional, right? We can discern the quality of an energy. If it's a transient um, blob just moving through and it, it won't feel good to us. Um, but this felt very warm, but very strong to get my attention. And as soon as that happened, um, the neighbor friend I was sitting with, her kid, um, you know, those little bikes, they're like little tricycles that the parent pushes from behind. You ever seen those? So she had hers, it was just sitting in front of us and it just started moving all on its own. <laughs> so I said, oh my, so she said, oh my God, what's going on there? So then of course she was a friend of mine. So I said, okay, I'm gonna tune in, find out what that's all about, okay? Um, and that was her grandmother. It was her grandmother trying to relay a message to her, which I, you know, I don't, I don't need to share what the message was, but it was pretty important that she got that message and it's pretty important that she got it that day. Yeah, spirits have weird timing with things. They'll do things when you don't think you need it, but you probably need it the most right then. So I'm glad that she was able to see that and experience that and get her message, especially with you there, so that you can help translate it, for lack of a better word, to what no, she needs exactly to know. Right. So. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's a good word, yeah. Good. Okay, so with that, um, let's change topics a little bit now and go into sort of what you do day to day. Uh, you are a mediumship, uh, you work with medium and the mediumship field. So you also though work on your own TV show, correct? Yeah. Called Ghost of Dufferin County and Beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, so sort of tell us about how that got started and uh, how you got into that. Yeah, well, it was a few years ago now, because we're just going to start, well, we already started actually, um, like season three filming, which like this, we're sort of doing it on Zoom right now, but soon to be on location, soon to have you on location with us. So that'll be great. Um, yeah, I mean, though, it was, you know, I'm always open to inspiration from spirit, whether it's my book, whether it's my deck of cards, whether it's, um, you know, uh, the 2020 Canadian Mediumship Summit that we have coming up, I'm always open to spirits inspiration, you know, because I'm a vessel for the work of the universe, just like you are, you know, we're all here to do, we have missions, there are own personal ones, larger ones, even larger than that. Um, and so, you know, a few years ago, I had just a moment of clarity, a moment of inspiration, that, you know, this work that I really enjoyed doing, um, it would be great to be able to share that on, on a bigger level. So, you know, it's just like my book, you know, before I wrote my book, you know, one of the questions I get asked is what inspired you to write your book? Same thing, a moment of inspiration. I'm continuously sharing this message with people every single day. And I'm repeating myself over and over and over again every single day. And then I just felt like I needed to share that message of spirit in a bigger way um, to anybody that needed to hear it. And so um, same idea, it was the same inspiration for the show. So um you know, in service to either folks here in the physical world having troubles, to the spirits that need assistance moving on. Um, and also in my show in particular, I mean, I've had several episodes where I have students on. And so, um, you know, they'll film a workshop that, um, you know, I'll teach a, a, um, an in-class portion and then we'll go, I'll take them to a location for a practicum. So actually go test out the stuff that you just learned. Um, and so it's always a learning opportunity. And I like to bring guests on too for investigations, especially students that are new, um, because this is the thing about investigative work and especially like spirit releasement work is that 
you can't just like take a workshop and become a master at that, right? It takes like years of experience. So, and, and it's helpful to do it with a mentor so that you're doing it safely. So those things when I talked about, oh, you can have an attachment come home with you, that type of thing, those things are very real. So when you work with someone who's experienced, you sort of, um, you're guided a little bit and, and there's a little bit of safeguards in place, which is always helpful. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. So you, when you teach your classes, you're able to have those students come on with you on a show, they get more exposure at the same time. So just sort of right into the fire kind of thing, like how spirit world works and kind of stuff. So that's great. You have a sort of outlet for them to join you. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of the places that you've been to? Is it shot locally around Ontario or is it just, yeah. uh, just different county or do you stretch out? Pretty far yeah, we stretch out. We stretch out further than that, which is than that, which is why we called it. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say we called it. It was just sort of this process of um, naming. But both of Dufferin County and beyond. Um, some of the places we've shot at, and then even just done workshops in and around. Like we've done the um, oh, what's it called in Alora there? Um, the Wellington County Museum and Archives. We've done we've done there, which is incredibly uh spirited um we've done there uh we've done Devereux house we shot an episode there at Devereux house in Halton Hills um we've actually done the barley vine rail company restaurant in Orangeville did an investigation and clearing there on the show um gosh so many I'm just trying to think a couple of farmhouses like large large farm properties um uh, we yeah, Fanjoy restaurant in uh, in Hillsburg. That was that was one of my favorites. That was fantastic. Yeah, we've done a lot of locations. Okay, well, tell us a little about about that last one you were just talking about. Tell us sort of Fanjoy? about the investigation and how that went. Yeah, cool. Well, the most memorable thing about it was that, um, and this is you know, working with spirit, you never really know what's going to happen, right? You can do this for like years and years and years and say this is probably what's going to happen, but really something you know something new always happens. So. At that particular location at Fanjoy, which by the way has incredible food, and it's like the you know Pam who runs this space is like just an incredible human being. Um, but one of the um, one of the presences that we came across there um, took the form of the way that it was perceived, not only by me but my partner in the episode as well, Don. Um, we actually perceived it the same. So the way we perceive. Um, non-form reality is either, you know, something subconsciously that we're cloaking over. We sort of throw a sheet over this vibrational information so that we can perceive it in some way. And each of us does that differently. Or the being itself is intelligent and wants you to see it a certain way. So an image is sort of projected to you. And both of us perceived this being as exactly the same. But the neat thing about it was that it sort of looked um, a bit like that character in um lord of the rings and i think it was Gollum. is that a character is that a person is that is that a thing i think it was right is that the name i can't recall myself but i think so okay. I, I think i know which one you're talking about yes okay well it looked like a little sort of goblin looking man but not a goblin not a goblin but looking like that like a very very short um narrow gangly looking thing um and our first awareness of him both happened when we visited the washroom, but we visited the washroom separately. So you'll see on film, I can hear Dawn saying, I just feel like there's this short thing looking at me. And then I had to go, I, I was out of the shot and I had to come into the shot and say, did you just say that you felt like there's this short thing looking at you? And she said, yeah. I said, that's what I just said 
when I came into that washroom, I, I was looking at the mirror and behind me, I felt like this little thing is peering at me. And so it was really fascinating for us both to perceive this energy in the exact same way. It was really cool. So was that a human spirit or was it something else? Though? Yeah, actually it was at some point. Um, and what's that? Yeah, what, was it a human-based spirit or it sounds like something more like elemental yeah, it was. or something? No, it, yeah. it actually was. It actually was. And um, some of the, so, you know, I, I, when we do releasement work, you have to enter into some kind of dialogue with these beings, right? You have to have an understanding of what's happening, who they are, what their story is, because sometimes they have requests before they, because you can't force anybody. Oh, hold on. There's the internet glitch. Am I back? Yeah, you're fine it's here on our end, so. Uh, okay. Oh, it just glitched. It just came on, said your internet's unstable. Like that's COVID oh, yeah. in the rural areas. But um, yeah, he was. So, uh, you know, as I was saying, when, when you do releasement work, you can't force anybody to move on with their journey, right? It doesn't, like, it doesn't work like that. And so um, upon sort of entering into the dialogue with this being, you know, he starts communicating with us the story of his experience, both when he was alive in that building, because he did actually originally, he did, he was in that building physically. Um, and then his experience in sort of the afterworld of being sort of uh, still attached to that place. And his energy just began to become more and more depleted and shrunken and shrunken and shrunken. So there was this sort of story of this evolution of how he felt as, as his essence. And so the way that we perceived that was like a shrunken man. Yeah. Okay, so it's sort of more like how he was presenting himself to you guys, which you both picked up the same uh, style he was presenting himself to you as, right? That's right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so um, with COVID and everything that's happening, are you filming a lot right now? Or like you said, you're probably just more doing uh, Skype meeting type shows and online based Yeah, shows. yeah. So lots of like almost all the filming, whether it's, you know, in podcasts or, um, you know, a couple of other shows or my show, almost everything is happening over Zoom, which, you know, it's really lovely that we have this as, a, as an opportunity. Um, but, um, yeah, we have some plans in the next, I guess, maybe six weeks, two months to be on location at some pretty cool places. Um, yeah, bringing in some new elements to the show, um, hint, hint, having some technological <laughs> investigative aspects coming in as well. So, um, yeah, we have, we have a couple of on location stuff coming up, but we haven't done Actually, we got really lucky because we finished filming season two at the end of January, beginning of February, and we filmed seven episodes in like a very short period of time, and we had no idea what was coming next, and then come March, it was like, good thing we got our filming done now. Yeah. So I guess that's probably a good question to ask you, too. How long does it normally take you to shoot, uh, if you're out on location, like a normal shooting episode? Um, how long does it normally take you guys to do one full episode? Yeah, it, it, so we, sh we shoot it live, not live, we shoot it um, in sort of segments and there's very little editing that happens. And, and you know, we're doing this at a community level and sort of that's why, but um, so what you see on in an episode is, is very close to real time, you know? So we'll shoot, you know, 45 minutes, maybe for a half an hour or we'll shoot for an hour and make it half an hour episode. Um, you know, but in saying that we have shot, you know, a number of investigations, you know, the Bell Fountain General Store, that was 
several hours of investigating and filming and then that gets cut to you know half an hour um and when we shot the, the pilot for ghosts of Dufferin county and beyond we actually filmed for eight hours for a one hour episode so that, that was exhausting yeah it can be i know that firsthand as well um we had in the past did that kind of stuff as well for filming so i know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to having to be on set all the time and getting all that content done so um with that, though, um, do you have any plans later on for the show? Like, is it going to grow into something more bigger that you hope, or is it going to be more community-based still? Or well, we just um, we just got word. Well, I just got word rather that it's now been um, put into two other communities. So it's actually it's actually running in three Ontario regions, which is um, wonderful. So who knows what? And that's just sort of in you know Rogers' TV hands. So they just sort of take care of that. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I have a wonderful producer and, um, you know, camera stuff that we, like great people that we work with and they, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to do more with it. So we just keep doing, you know, as much as, as much as we feel, you know, available and guided to do. So yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll just keep doing it the way that we, the, any way that we can, we'll do it. Yeah, and these times especially, right? Like you have to adjust to the times. Uh, that's what we did here uh, for Haunted Live. Uh, we normally go out and do the same thing. We go to locations, we try to investigate and bring them live on our page here on Facebook. So, uh, but now with COVID, we had to rearrange all that and we do Haunted Live podcast now from home with guests like yourself and uh, uh -huh. just do what we can in these times. So, yeah, well, we just, and I also just learned actually that. Um, so October 31st, which is Halloween, they're actually running a, a Ghost of Dufferin County and Beyond Marathon in those two regions. So um, yeah, you check out your local, you know, your Rogers TV channel in Dufferin, Caledon. Um, I think it's Durham and Oshawa, I think. I actually can't remember the third one, but uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll type that in this later, um, whatever that sort of third region is. So yeah, and it's cool because I actually, we have to shoot a commercial this weekend, um, but we're going to shoot it from home um, instead of going into the studio. So, you know, say la vie, this is what life is like now. Yeah, that's what everybody's doing now, just doing what they can and making the best out of the situation. So I well, we wish you the best of luck with uh, the show for sure. And uh, looking forward to working with you in the future, we hope. Um, do you have any plans coming up in the next little while? Uh, anything that's developed while you guys were down with COVID and stuff like that during the stressful times? and. Has anything, any projects come up that you've been working on? Yeah, for sure. Actually, this, what day is today? Saturday. So um, next weekend, we actually have the 2020 Canadian Mediumship Summit. And so that, um, we sort of birthed that over the sort of COVID period. And so super excited to do that. Um, that is featuring six of Canada's top mediums. And so I'm going to be doing that with um, Amber Price, uh, Jay Lane, Jackie Dennison, uh, Lisa Scrivens from uh, Winnipeg and Liz Throp. Did I just catch everybody? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think I just, <laughs> I think I did. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, no, we're going to be doing that. Um, so that takes place Friday night. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing an open gallery reading and Q&A and welcoming everybody to the summit. And then Saturday, next Saturday is a full day of learning from each of us. So each of us have teaching segments. There'll be six of them plus lunch. Um, and all of it's recorded and we're doing it all over zoom, uh, but it is live. It's real time. And so that's really exciting. Um, we're going to be doing that sort of annually, but this is our first, first year doing it. Um, so that's coming up. Um, 
I just did an episode of the Psychic Diaries with Jackie Dennison, who also runs, um, along with Michael Lamport, the uh, veryparanormal.com. And so um, I'm going to start contributing to that forum as well, which is great. Um, I used to, I mean, I still do uh, write articles for the other side press, but I'll also now be doing that for uh, veryparanormal.com. So I'll sort of share that when that gets going as well. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. You get your content out there, uh, that the more the better. So, Yeah, and then of course, I'm always finishing my second book, which has been taking me six years to, to do, but that, you know, that's life. It's busy and you just, when you feel connected to it, you do it, but I'm, I'm still working on finishing that. Yeah, do you have one that you have done already? You mentioned to me earlier that you have uh, a couple of products out, a book and some cards as well that you want to promote. Yeah, yeah, my book is called How to Become a Medium. It's a step-by-step -step guide to connecting with the other side. Um, my publisher is out of uh, New York, Library Tales Publishing. And so that was published in 2015. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, it's been out for, for that long. I mean, it's reached worldwide audiences. I love like getting emails from people from Portugal and Spain and the UK and I've read your book and this is really helpful for me and all that stuff. And of course I teach mediumship, right? I have a school, the School of Mediumship and Spiritual Studies. And so all the students that work with me in any mediumship capacity, you know, they they start with the book. That's sort of what they start with. Um, and then, yeah, I have a, I, I've authored a deck of Oracle cards. It's called Messages from Spirit. Um, and yeah, it's a fantastic deck to work with, whether you're intuitive or not intuitive. You can use them as daily inspiration, or you can do them to actually, you know, do a full card spread reading for somebody if you'd like to do that too. Okay, great. Sounds amazing. Uh, you got a full busy schedule going on there. So it sounds like you're pretty packed full. So Thank you so much, though, for taking time out to come on to Haunting Life Podcast tonight here with us. So it's been amazing having you as a guest, and we're honored to have you on the show tonight. So Thank you so much. What a lovely night. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, everybody. That was uh, Mary Ann Kennedy uh, speaking to us from her location in Ontario coming to us. Uh, we're very honored to have her on as our guest tonight here on Haunting Live Podcast. And uh, with that, we'll just go over our usual little bit of things we do here on the podcast with everybody. Thank you guys so much, first of all, for taking time out on your busy holiday weekend. It is uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend here in Canada, so thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, if you do end up missing the live podcast here tonight and uh, we hope you tune in every week. We are here every week at 8 o'clock on Saturday nights. Uh, sometimes we have a guest, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we'll do something different. Uh, like coming up later on Halloween, we have a very special edition coming up. A Halloween special. We're going to do something a little different that we've never done before. We have a very special uh, guest coming on that's going to co-host with us. Uh, his name is Giovanni. He is host of Rogers TV uh, on Giovanni and Me. He's also done a fairly well-known show called Swap Shop on Rogers TV. And he is a friend of ours, so he's agreed to come on to the podcast and do our Halloween special this year. We worked with him over the last couple of years on his show on Rogers. So uh, we're just going to swap shows and uh, see how that goes. We're going to do kind of like a true or false uh, trivia type night. And uh, she'll be fun and a lot of laughs, and he's a very hilarious type uh, comedian type person, but also a little bit skeptical, so he's going to be on the skeptic comedic side of things for the paranormal, and uh, we'll bring him in on Halloween night, so looking forward to that. But uh, if you guys don't catch us live, uh, we're live every Saturday night here on Haunted Life Podcast. 
you can also listen later on to us either on our YouTube channel. We always upload every episode onto our YouTube channel, uh, which is this Haunted Live podcast under OGPS Filming as well. Or you guys can check us out on the different podcast apps that are out there. We are now uh, serviced by the podcast apps, which are Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and a whole bunch of others. So you guys can just go to our uh, search any of your favorite podcast apps and find Haunting Life Podcast and listen whenever you guys have time. So we greatly appreciate your support, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're going to go over a couple things just before we sign off here tonight. A little bit shorter night than normal, but uh, that's all right. Uh, it is a long weekend, so we don't want to keep you guys too long tonight. But uh, again, thank you very much for tuning in and supporting us here at Haunting Live. Uh, another way that you guys can actually support us as well uh, is by going to our website. Uh, we do we revamped our website uh, when COVID hit and we had time to sit down and redo it all and all that. So we do have a brand new website launched. It's hauntinglivepodcast.com and you can get there and check everything out on our website. So we have everything on there from public events that we do, which we have coming up that I'll talk about in a minute here. Our next public event, it's on there. Uh, we do also have our merch store on the website as well. We are selling a bunch of items on the store, mainly items that we use in the paranormal field that we wanted you guys to have access to as well. So uh, we got great pricing and great deals and all the products like crystals. We have some homemade products like uh, spiritual bags. You can store your tarot cards in or your crystals in. Uh, we have smudging supplies and cleansing supplies on there. Uh, we have some consignment supplies from our very good friend uh, who runs the channel over on YouTube. Uh, she does hers on Sunday nights, the Queen of Ooga Booga. And you can check her stuff out on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on her YouTube channel. We have some cleansings that she sells on our website as well. So uh, head on over to our merch store, check out our merch, and see uh, what you want to purchase from our merch store there as well if you want to support us in that way uh, The other way you can help support us is uh, there is a donate button as well on our website at the very bottom on the bottom of our website a blue button uh, if you feel like supporting us uh, go in there and just uh, any donation is fine we don't ask for any dollar amount but whatever you feel like uh, sending in goes to us directly and gets us out there for more haunting live podcast locations when they're ready to go back out and do live locations so uh, that's what that's for at our website so we highly recommend going to check out our website at hauntinglivepodcast.com and other than that, um, we do still have, I'll talk a little bit about our upcoming public event now. Um, we've been having this uh, ready and scheduled since the springtime. And unfortunately, that's when COVID hit. So we weren't allowed to host our event at that time. And we rescheduled it for November, hoping things would be calmed down by then, by the fall. Unfortunately, of course, numbers right now are on the rise. And uh, there's been some new restrictions in Ontario. But thankfully, it's not affecting the main part of Ontario, just uh, certain hotspot regions, and our numbers are still safe enough to uh, continue with our public event coming up in November. So we have capped our event at certain numbers, though, to keep the group small. It is sold out right now. But what we're doing on the Friday night, on November the 6th, we are hosting a Queen's Spiritual Talk. So it goes to the Queen's Spiritual Talk is going to be broadcast live on our Facebook right here and it is a paid event you still have to pay to watch it online on our Facebook but you guys can uh, 
just use that as a donation towards us and uh, you'll get free access to the talk part of that Friday evening uh, at the Queen's Inn in Stratford. So go check that event out. It's right now on our Facebook. We are still accepting spots for that virtual event. Uh, you guys can check it out. Those that can't make it there live will be able to still watch it with us. So go check out that event on our Facebook. Uh, that's available right now. So other than that, uh, not too much going on uh, this weekend. We're just kind of taking it easy here at Haunting Live. So uh, I think we will end it there for tonight. But uh, thank you guys so very much for tuning in. We appreciate all your support and uh, continue to come in every single week here with us here at Haunting Live Podcast every week at 8 o'clock. So uh, with that, uh, we will talk to you guys later. Have a safe weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. And remember to not do large groups and family gatherings this weekend. Uh, keep them small to your family only. And uh, if you have to visit friends and stuff, do it virtually. So uh, like we're doing right now. So uh, thanks very much, guys. Have a great weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanks very much to our special guest tonight, Mary Ann Kennedy. She was amazing and very honored to have her on here at Haunting Light Podcast. So with that, guys, have a great night. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for watching. And of course, subscribe.